Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. If you have your Bibles, you want to go ahead and open them up to the book of Joshua, the Old Testament book of Joshua. Make your way to the beginning of that Old Testament book of Joshua, and you will be right where you need to be this morning. The title of this morning's message is Moving On Up. Those of you who watch sitcom television in the past might recognize Moving On Up from the introduction to a show. If you don't recognize it from the introduction to a particular show, you think I'm very silly right now. I encourage you to go Google or YouTube Moving On Up and you'll see what I'm talking about. But this morning, as we get started, it is with great excitement and pleasure that I'm able to open this morning message with a little update. Uh, We voted unanimously as a church without one single vote of opposition uh, to move forward together on a project that uh, has been titled Project Renew. Uh, You ask, what is Project Renew? And I say, good, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to let you know what Project Renew is. Uh, Over the course of the next uh, few months, we will be in the process of renewing or remodeling uh, the education wing of our building. So if you exit this door, the the wing to the right there, going to be renewed and brought up with some some drywall and some new flooring and some some bright light fixtures so it doesn't look dark even when the lights are on and uh, things of that nature. Um, and it'll kind of begin as you exit this store, the new floor and, and paint and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, and so we uh, have a handout available. Uh, there's some on the back uh, table there as you go out the door. It says Project Renew on top of it. If you'd like one, I encourage you to grab one. kind of has a list of, of most of the things that we'll be doing uh, within this project. And uh, if there's not any there when you go out and you want one, see me. I can print you one off pretty easily. Um, but this project, the reason that I, one of the reasons I'm so excited to be able to do this is, is it ties in very well uh, with what the Lord has, has laid on our hearts for this morning. And it's the culmination of, of a few things as we get to this. Uh, one of those is a vision uh, that God has, has kind of revealed to me over the last year and a half as I've, I've prayed to God, what would you have us to be doing? Which direction should we be going And it's kind of developed over time, and I pray that the vision that God has for us will always continue to develop, but it began really with the recognition that we could really be blessed, could really take advantage of a welcome center or an information center. So a place where we would have that if you are a member of the church, you're a regular in attendance of the church, and you need to know about an event coming up or a sign-up sheet or what can I do or what do I need to do or where do I need to be and when do I need to be there, you would have an area that's designated for information, a place where you can go to find information. That's the title, Information Center. But also... A place where if you are a new attendee of the church, someone who who hasn't been here uh, very many times or maybe a new member, you've got a visitor's card, you've filled that out, you've done that, but maybe you want to know what Sunday school classes are available, what time do they begin, who is the teacher, what do they talk about, what Wednesday night small groups are available, what mission efforts is this church doing, How, how can I get more involved in the ministries of this church and support the ministries of this church? 
And so that will also be available through the Welcome Center. And so God began to reveal to me that that was something we could really take advantage of and something we could really need to help connect people to how to serve God through this church here at Rocky Valley. But every time in the last year and a half that I got ready uh, to, to go to the building grounds or to come from building grounds and pull the trigger on a, a desk or a table or an area to make a welcome center, it seemed like God would just kind of put a hold on it, say, not yet. Every time I come up with a plan, God would say, that's not the right plan. And then one of the members from building grounds who came on board, you know, uh, suggested that it moved to a different area from where we were originally putting, but it was going to require a little bit of remodeling to move it to that area. But logistically, it just made so much more sense with the flow of traffic, uh, with the way that people walked through the church to move it there. And it began to be painfully obvious at that point that God had put the brakes on it because that wasn't where it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be in another location, and he was revealing that to someone else. And so this project kind of started there, and it needs to be, you know, we have some, some renewing that needs to be done to our building. And I was just so excited by the fact that it was a unanimous, positive vote. Everyone in unity moving forward together with this idea of renewing this beautiful building that God has really blessed us with here at Rocky Valley. We have a great facility, and it's our responsibility uh, to take care of that facility. So that being said... Just because we have been so blessed with to have the cash uh, available in our building funds to take on this renewal project, and just because we have voted unanimously to allocate that money uh, to do this renewal project, uh, we still have a building to take care of. We still have a facility to care for. And so that's the reason in your pews, in the front and back foyers, there are building fund envelopes. And uh, in the next week or two, there'll be really special-looking envelopes that say Project Renew on them. And so I just ask you to do this. Seek the will and the way of God for you. If you would like to, to give to Project Renew to help offset some of the costs that are there so that we can continue to have money available to maintain the other parts of our facility, uh, then just see what God would have you to do in that area. Slip that in that building fund envelope and turn it in. But I am... So excited to be able to come to you this morning and tell you that in the next few months, we will be having uh, Project Renew going on and, and we'll really get a, a nice, fresh facelift throughout the back of the church. That being said, I didn't come here this morning to talk just about Project Renew. I came here this morning to preach to you on what God has laid on my heart uh, this morning. And it comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 1. And if we would all please stand as we honor the reading of the holy and infallible and errant word of a holy God, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. 
from the wilderness in this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe it to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, let us pray this morning. Father God, we ask that you would do what only you can do this morning, and that is dwell among your people, Lord. We ask you bind any spirit from this place that ain't your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And that you would be high and lifted up and magnified as you are so worthy, Lord Jesus. God, you reign supreme and we will give you the praise and the honor and the glory for what you do. And all of God's people said, and you may be seated. This morning we are on the subject, moving on up. And we look at the transition of leadership from Moses to the leadership of Joshua. Uh, The passing of the torch, you might say, from the one that led the Israelites out of bondage, Moses, that great leader, the one that was so revered, the one that the people so loved. Why? Because he came to them in their time of bondage in Egypt and said, come on and follow me. He led them out of bondage. But the transition is from the leader that delivered them from bondage to the leader That would take them to the promised land. This transition is one that would have been difficult, I can imagine. Imagine Joshua being named as the leader. He's not just replacing the leader. He's replacing the legend, isn't he? I mean, Moses would be revered. He's talked about in the book of Hebrews. He's mentioned throughout history, the great leader Moses. And now Moses has died and Joshua is taking over. And that could be a very difficult task. That could be a daunting task for Brother Joshua. But this morning, I want us to examine just three simple truths from these first nine verses that I believe are necessary for Joshua to move forward as the leader that God has called him to be, and that I also believe apply to us as we look to move on in our lives and move forward in our own lives. Move forward in the life of this church. Move forward in the life of your family. Move forward in your business place. Move forward in anywhere you are. There are three things that I believe that we need to notice together. And let me just tell you that this is absolutely as close to a prosperity message as you're going to get from this pastor. So you might want to really take some notes on this because this is as close to a feel-good message as you're going to get from me this very morning. The first thing I want us to see this morning is that there is a purpose that God intends. There is a purpose that God intends. If you are going to move up, if you're going to move on, 
You better come to terms with a recognition that there is a purpose that God has intended for you. Look at these first two verses with me again. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Rise and go over this Jordan. Moses is dead. Get up and lead these people, Joshua. The legend has passed. Moses is gone. He's not in place anymore. Now get up out of the position that you've been in and get into the position that I have called you to and fulfill the purpose that I have for your life. God essentially says to Joseph, Joshua, excuse me. God essentially says to Joshua, get up and do what I've called you to do. Get up and do what I've created you to do. Get up and fulfill this purpose that I have had you, the assistant to Moses, for all these years, training you to prepare you to do. And Joshua is going to have to recognize something. The first thing he's going to have to recognize about his calling is that his historical position is not where he's going to stay. He's not going to stay right where he's been. He's going to have to move to where he's going. He's going from assistant to leader because he has a purpose that God has intended for him. You know, far too often in our lives, I think we get caught up in doing what someone else did for success. We get caught up in looking at what someone else has done, at the success they've had. So, so we take an opportunity and we look at the results that they have achieved and we say, I'm going to do what they did because I want to accomplish what they accomplished. So I'm going to go about it the way that they did it. But when we do that, we fail to recognize that there is a specific set of qualities. There is a specific set of talents. There is a specific set of abilities. There is a specific set of learned traits that you have developed because of the history that you have lived that have brought you to this place where you are with a specific purpose. And it's not to fulfill the purpose that God had for someone else. It's not to achieve the success that God achieved through someone else. It's to achieve a whole new realm of success. It's to live in a whole different place of prosperity. Now keep in mind, when I say success this morning, I am not necessarily speaking of the financial or the worldly success. I am calling success this morning living smack dab in the middle of the will of God for your life. That is what I am calling success. So please don't twist it. I want to make sure we understand when I say successful life, I mean standing in the will of God for your life. And too many of us get so busy looking at what someone else has done and say, boy, I wish I could just do that. I'm going to do what they did and accomplish what they accomplished. And we never stop and ask the question, God, what is it you would have me to do? What is it you've prepared me to do? You know, in ministry, it's very easy to do just that, to drive down the road and listen to some preacher preach a message and know the success that they have had or the growth of their church and go, I'm just going to do that. You know, I, I listen to, to quite a few messages through the week and, and it, it would be easy for me to listen to someone like Jeff Laborg. I don't know how many of you have heard him, but 
Look him up, Jeff Laborde. He's one of the, the best preachers of prophecy that was ever born. And he can just walk back and forth across the front of a sanctuary and stomp and, and yell. And, and he can say things about prophecy. And he calls this from his memory. And he preaches prophecy better than about anybody. And it would be very easy for me to listen to Jeff LeBorg preach on prophecy and come in here on Sunday morning and preach to you on prophecy as well. It'd be easy for me to listen to someone like Brother Rick Corum, who's going to be here for our revival, stand up and start preaching, and it looks like his feet come off the ground a little bit, and the paint peels off the walls because he just preaches so hard, and the man really gets with it. And it'd be easy for me to listen to Rick Corum and come in here and get me a little stool where my feet hover off the ground too and try to preach the paint off the wall. It'd be easy for me to listen to someone like Brother Adrian Rogers, listen to that great man of God who's preached for so long with the firm diction and the firm speech and the very calm tone and his very presence. It'd be easy for me to listen to him and say, I'm going to preach like Adrian Rogers. He's been doing it for a long time. But friends, let me tell you something. Before long, I would not only be a bad Jeff Laborg, a very poor Rick Corum, a pitiful Adrian Rogers, but I wouldn't even be a good Jason Mull anymore. Because God didn't create me to be Jeff LeBorg. God didn't create me to be Adrian Rogers. God didn't deliver me through the circumstances that he delivered me through and call me to the ministry that he called me to, to imitate someone else. He called me to imitate Christ. He called me to preach Jesus, not to preach what someone else preaches. Those men are called by God based on their circumstances. And their churches are called to the ministry that they're called to based on their specific circumstances. We can't look at what other people are doing and say, well, we're just going to do that and have the exact same results because unless we had the exact same makeup and the exact same history and the exact same demographic, we wouldn't accomplish the exact same thing because God placed Rocky Valley Baptist Church right here to accomplish a specific set of objectives. And a specific set of things. And he knitted us together to, to provide a specific demographic. There is a purpose for our lives. You see, Joshua would have lived quite a frustrated and stale life if he had tried to say, when God said Moses is dead, Joshua get up. If Joshua would have pulled out his notepad and said, well, I'm just going to keep doing exactly what Moses did. Joshua would have had a very frustrated life. And can I tell you something else that wouldn't have happened? The Israelites wouldn't have gotten to the promised land. Because for all the things that Moses did well, he didn't get them to the promised land. Joshua was the man that was ordained for that commission. And folks, we would do well to recognize this morning that God has a purpose for us. He has a purpose for you. Now do it. Now do it. There is a purpose that God intends, but I want you to notice something else with me this morning. If we're going to move on up, we're going to have to be motivated by the promises. There are promises that we are going to have to remember. God begins to remind Joshua of a few promises in verses 3, 5, and 6 here. He says, every place you step, I will deliver you. Just as I had promised to Moses. Verse 5, he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, he says, Joshua, this little parcel of land that you're fixing to take these people into, don't forget, I have already promised it. It's already been covenantly promised to them. 
Back in Exodus chapter 3, when God called Moses into leadership, he called him into leadership with the promise of this land to the people of Israel. In verse 7 of Exodus chapter 3, he says, I've seen the affliction of my people. And then in verse 8, he says what? I will deliver them to the good land, flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Ammonites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Maybe the Perizzites, I don't know. God is saying to Joshua right here as he calls back on these promises. He's saying to Joshua, I need you to remember something. The victory has already been won, Joshua. Joshua, I'm calling you to a task to take the people to the promised land, but don't forget the land flowing with milk and honey is called the promised land because I promised it. It's already been done. The land is already yours. Don't you worry about those Canaanites, Hittites, Ammonites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. Worry about God. Because God has already promised this land. The land already belongs to them. It's already theirs, Joshua. You just go and do what God called you to do. And God's already promised to do what he said he was going to do. And how do we know that God's always going to do what he says he's going to do? Because God's always done what he said he was going to do. He didn't doubt. He didn't let Joshua down. He didn't let Moses down. He, he, He didn't let... John the Baptist down. He didn't let Paul down. He didn't let Peter down. He ain't never let you down. He ain't never going to let nobody down because God is faithful. And so when he has a promise, we can stand on that promise. One of my favorite old hymns that, that rarely is sung anymore very many places. I'm standing, standing, standing on the Of God, my Savior. Sorry, I can't sing very well. I should have got somebody else to do that. I'm standing. Hey, you don't sing very well neither. (laughs) I'm standing on the promises of God. And he's calling Joshua, I think, to, to remember this one thing as he moves forward. Joshua, you're really just a bit player in this act. You really just have a part to play. And it's the part that I've already called you to. You're just supposed to move forward doing what I called you to. And if you do, it's going to work out for you exactly the way that I've promised that it's going to to work out. If we are going to accomplish anything for for the kingdom of God in our lives, it's going to be because we're standing on His promises. That we're fulfilling His purpose. Because friends, if we are standing on our own motivation and our own abilities, then it just flat won't work out. It just ain't going to go very well. But why does God remind Joshua of this here at the beginning of this journey? Why is he calling back on these promises that he's made? Why is he really doing that? I believe God is doing that because, my friends, between this day that we study in Joshua chapter 1 and just six chapters from now, when the Israelites walk across the walls of Jericho, and in the days that follow that, there are going to be trials and there are going to be tribulations that brother Joshua is going to have to stand faithful to God through. There are going to be days for Joshua when the task seems so daunting and the things seem so rough that he's going to think to himself, we might be better off just to turn around and go back into that wilderness. 
We might be better off just to turn around and walk back to Egypt. At least we had things in Egypt that were, that were provided for us. At least we had the steadiness of Egypt. Maybe we should wander in the wilderness. God provided uh, the manna from above for us. Maybe we should just turn around. The promised land seems too hard for us to, to take. And I believe that God is reminding Joshua of these promises before he goes into this battle so that when he gets into the battle and things seem rough, he'll remember the victory has already been won. Friends, there are going to be days that you're going to need to remember this. When it seems that the world is stacked up against you stiffer than it should be, when it seems that things are more daunting than it should be, when it seems that the will of God is the furthest place from where you can get to and the journey to get there is going to be harder than you think you're willing to fight through, my friends, you need to remember from Scripture that God says He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said what? He said, in this life, you will endure many afflictions, but take courage in what? That he has overcome them all. That's a promise of God. He said, what? First, he said, you're going to endure afflictions. You're going to endure persecution. But what's the other side of that promise? Take heart. Why? Because he has overcome them all. And my friends, you can stand on that promise of God. That you would rather be standing facing the will of God in your life. Because he has already endured all of those persecutions. Than turning around and wandering back to the wilderness. First, the purpose that God intends. Second, the promise that we need to remember. And finally, the presence that is necessary. The presence that is necessary. Let's look quickly at these last verses. He says to Joshua, beginning in verse 7, Be strong and courageous. Observe to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn to the right or to the left and you'll prosper where you go. The book of the law shouldn't depart from your mouth. Meditate it day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous and have success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is what? Hang on, say it with me again. For the Lord your God is what? Oh yeah. We're standing in his presence, folks. When we meditate on his word, when we observe his commandments, when we seek his face, when we stay there day and night, he says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage because you, you're not going by yourself. I'm going with you. There's a presence that we need to remember. This is a faithful reminder to Joshua that the God of all the universe, the God who carved out the oceans and built up the mountains is going to be with him. I'm not going to leave you alone, Joshua. You're not going to be going on your own, Joshua. I'm going to be with you. You can be strong and you can be of courage, not because you have such good training, He doesn't say to Joshua, be of strong, good courage because you've been groomed by the legend Moses. He doesn't say to Joshua, be of strong, good courage because your army is so strong. He doesn't say, Joshua, be strong and good courage because you're so smart, you're so good looking, you're so good at math, you're so good at science. He says to Joshua, what? Be strong and of good courage because I am with you. It has nothing to do with how good you are. It has to do with how good he is. And these words that were true for Joshua are so true 
for us today. In November of 2015, I became the pastor of this great congregation here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church. My first day as pastor, I went into the office and some saint of God had left me a book on the history of Rocky Valley Baptist Church. Apparently knowing that I'm a history fanatic. And I studied the history of this church and I walked around this beautiful facility. I walked outside, I saw the pavilion. I looked up at the crosses, I looked at the grounds, I walked through the building, I saw little things that needed to be repaired, but for the most part, I saw an opportunity for God to be magnified in a mighty way. And I sat down at the desk as a new pastor of this congregation, and I went to work. And for those first two months, everything just flashed by. There were websites to be built, there were pictures to be updated, there were things to do. Quite simply, there were Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving dinners and New Year's Eve celebrations, and there were things to do. In those first couple months, man, I was busy. I was really busy. But I will never forget, as long as I live, a day in January of 2016. And I was standing right here behind this pulpit. I don't remember which day of the week it was. I just remember it was January of 2016. And this sanctuary was empty. It was through the week. And I was doing something that I still do quite often. Sometimes my brain doesn't focus very well when I try to study the Word of God for long periods of time. And it all starts to look like Egyptian. And I don't speak Egyptian, so I have to bring it and calm down a little bit. And so I'll bring it out here with my notes and all my thoughts that have come together as, as my prayer and study is gone. And I'll lay it out on this pulpit and I'll just start preaching to nobody. And as I go, I'll say things and I'll go, boy, that was dumb. Scratch that out of the notes. Or I'll hear something and I'll go, boy, that was good. Circle that. Make sure you say that. And then I'll forget to say it on Sunday. But I do this quite often. And that day in January of 2016, I was walking around here and son, imaginary people were getting saved left and right. And I got to about right here. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I sat down on this step. And I said, God, I am in no way qualified to do this. God, all these things I've messed up in my life. God, all the mistakes that I have made, all the bad decisions that I have made, all the things I've done, there's no way you've got the... I would be far better suited, God, to get up from this step and go type a letter of resignation than to get up and work on this sermon. I said, God, i got no business being the pastor of this church. And friends... It was like God sat down beside me and he said, you're right. But if you'll keep that in mind, I'll use you anyway. You're right. You got no business preaching. You got no business standing in front of this congregation. You got no business being the husband to your wife. You got no business being a daddy to your kids. But if you'll keep that in mind that you don't got no business doing none of that, I will use you anyway. But as soon as you think you're worthy, I'll take you out of this place. Let me tell you something this morning. The key to you moving on through whatever situation that you're facing, 
is for you to recognize you're not up to the task. I need the presence of God in my life to be the pastor of this church. I need the presence of God in my life to be a husband to my wife. I need the presence of God in my life to be a daddy to my children. I need the presence of God in my life to iron my shirt. And as soon as you recognize that you need the presence of God in your life to take your next breath, that's when you'll move on up. Because until you realize that you need the presence of God and you can't do it without Him, you'll just keep doing what you're capable of doing. And my friends, what you're capable of doing is not what God created you to do. God created you to fulfill a purpose that only He can accomplish with His handiwork. God says, you don't have to be afraid. The psalmist David said what? I will fear no evil, your rod and staff, they're with me. But he said, I will not fear. Why? Because God is with me. He said to Joshua, move forward and be of good courage because I am with you. I'm reminded of Moses in Exodus chapter 33. He'd been on Mount Sinai getting the law from God. And the people had built a golden calf. You remember the story, don't you? Moses took off to get the commandments from God and the people down below began to build images to golden calves because they are crazy, quite simply. And in verse 3 of chapter 33, God says to Moses, as a result of the way these people are acting, you go on up to the promised land, Moses. You go on to that land that all the Canaanites, Jebusites, Jizzites, and Parasites, and Hebesites, and everybody else. You go up there, and and Moses, I'll even send an angel before you. And he'll take care of all them people, and y'all can walk into the promised land. But in Exodus chapter 33, verse 3, God said to Moses, But you go, but I'm not going with you. You go on, but you won't be in my presence because of the way you acted. And in verse 15, I think it's up there, what did Moses say to God? He said to him, if your presence is not going to go with us, don't pick us up from this place where we are. Carry us not up there. Moses recognized what we all need to this morning. God, if your presence is not with me, don't bring me up from this place. God, if you're not going to go with me, you leave me where I'm at. Moses recognized that he would be far better off in the wilderness with God than in the land of milk and honey without him. And that's something we've got to recognize this morning, church. Friends, these are exciting times for this church. We've got Project Renew. We've got Hearts for Hunger going on. We've got Revival. We've got Vacation Bible School. But let me tell you something. We'd be better off to do nothing if we weren't going to go with the presence of Almighty God. I believe firmly that the unity reflected in the, in the meetings of this church speak firmly to God's presence being on this place here at Rocky Valley. But we need not never forget that we need his presence way more than we need our abilities. This morning you have heard what is as close to a prosperity message that you're going to get from this preacher. And I remind you of this as we close. If you're going to move on up, you have to be fulfilling the purpose that God created you for. You have to be motivated by his promises and you need to be standing in his presence. 
Somebody here this morning needs to get right with God. You just simply aren't standing in his presence anymore. Either your sin or your lack of commitment to what God has called you to. And you're fighting that tooth and tail and it's holding you back from serving God the way you've been called to. Won't you come and leave that at his feet this morning? You're being called to join this church. You're being called to follow God in believer's baptism. You say, I was saved long ago, but I was never baptized. And I know that I need to walk in obedience. Or maybe you're being convicted by the King of Kings that you have never given your life to Him and surrendered to Him and been saved. Won't you come this morning and do what God has called you to do? Do what God is convicting you to do. And move on up this morning. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you for all the things that you go before us and do. God, we pray that we would never, ever forget that it's your promises and your deliverance that we depend on, Lord. God, I pray for this church. And I pray for each and every person in it this very morning, Lord. That you would convict their souls. Draw them nearer to you. And help us to lay at your feet the things that hold us back. From being strong and of good courage. The things that hold us back from walking in communion solely with you, Lord God. God, that this would be a morning. Where we just get right with you, God. And it's in your precious name that we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.